C-A-M-P-A-D-U-L-T-H-O-O-D Camp Adulthood Bridging the Millennial Divide One conversation at a time Interviewing guests Strangers and friends We hope that you enjoy your stay at Camp Adulthood Hi, welcome to Camp Adulthood and the Resident Youth. I'm Camp Adulthood, Shay Keats. And I'm the Resident Youth, Maddie Yergi. And today we have, once again, an esteemed guest. Very Perhaps esteemed. the most esteemed, given that he is our number one fan of yeah. the pot. At least in the top three, probably. At least in the top three, right behind Maddie's mom. Yeah, and your dad, probably. Yeah, The no, parents get I- number one. Yeah, and I don't think my dad has listened to every episode because mm. iTunes does weird things on his phone. Well, that's too bad. I know. iTunes, so, get it together. Therefore, David gets the number top three fanboy award. Corey that's is what... like number 50 because he doesn't listen to the podcast, so I'm going to publicly shame him. Uh, David. Anyways, uh, yes. Introduce yourself uh, just briefly. We'll dive in more later, but your name who you are to the pod, what you do with your life when you're not sitting here talking to us, uh, and what year and where you were born. So my name is David Swenson. I am a obviously a big fan of the podcast. I listen every week because I support Shay. And, uh, and because it's good and you would listen anyways. Exactly, exactly. And he didn't even listen to podcasts before he started listening to my podcast, and now he is a fan of mini pods. That's true, yeah. There you go. No, uh, Shade actually made me kind of open my eyes to all the amazing content that's out there. So it's it's been kind of neat just changing listening. lives every day here, people. <laughs> but uh, I was born in 1986 in California. Uh, that puts me at 32 years old. So I'm kind of on the older spectrum of millennials. Uh, I'm a mechanical engineer. And in my free time, I do a lot of hiking and uh general either fixing or breaking of things there was a lot of fixing and breaking here last <laughs> night we can talk about that later yeah. though. we should say in your spare time you also take shay on dates yes because he is the camp adulthood consort sorry <laughs> listeners in case you hadn't picked up on that yet much like when we interviewed young Corey many a moon ago yes now this is his ancient counterpart <laughs> time to shine time well to that's shine. excellent um Shay, would you like to start with your millennial moment slash hot topic? Yeah, so I've just been feeling really uninspired with, you know, (laughs) my campfire is burning low, so to speak. Um, I know some weeks I come in here and I have like three articles and then poor Maddie can't get a word in edgewise. You can't blow your load all at once. This is what is teaching us. (laughs) This is what happens. This is what happens. Uh, I just... And I feel like I've been like running around and I just haven't done anything particularly interesting. Um, so you I moved. Gonna... That's interesting. Oh, have we not talked about that yet? No. Well, David and I are now cohabitants. <laughs> Sorry, um, <laughs> listeners. Uh, I guess that's like a thing. The last the listeners have heard you guys are in a Facebook official relationship. Okay. Hi, listeners. <laughs> now, David and I are cohabitating. This is the first time I've cohabitated. Are you guys going to get bunk beds? Sort. No, we don't want bunk beds. <laughs> no. Okay. Definitely, here. definitely no to the bunk beds. 
Okay, cool. Just wanted to throw that out there. We are anti-bunk bed here. You guys are also uh, real adults, so it's probably better. Well, we have a room that can actually fit a real king-sized bed in it, which I know. That's true. My room, you cannot. Very jealous. So there's much more room uh, when you can have a giant bed and don't have to worry about space issues. That's so, true. Yeah. Well, that's very so, exciting. Yeah, that's very exciting. So that's a very new and interesting thing for me, but I think it's going very well. It's been about two weeks. He has not kicked me to the curb yet. And you still haven't unpacked yet. And I still haven't unpacked. I mean, I'm mostly unpacked. There's like four the books. books. Shay sent me a photo of all the books and it looked very unpacked to me. So <laughs> it's about the same state. There's, there's probably a couple of boxes that have made their way to that's the attic. That's fine. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. Uh, yeah, so it's very exciting, and yeah, I don't really have exceptional commentary on that because it's been going so swimmingly. So That's cool. unless David's about to kick me out, no. and I didn't realize it. <laughs> uh, so, well, that's totally not my campfire topic, which was going to be talking about dogs on the Instagram. Oh, we'll talk about and that. I, realized, I think I already talked about this. What is it? I'll tell you, and we can cut it if we've so already talked. It's about that. You know, I think it's really funny because, like, I use Instagram a lot for work, for, like, networking and, like, finding potential clients and all this stuff. So, like, if you look at my feed, it's, like, professional – like, not my feed of content I'm putting out because right now I'm kind of dormant. But that won't last for long, folks, so everyone should follow me. Um, Should they follow your personal – Insta or the work oh, Insta? change. Listeners, so many things. It's a good thing I have Maddie here to, like, <laughs> keep me on point because I apparently need Maddie to be my full-time life assistant. Um, no, I shut – oh, this is a good one. Okay. I'm actually going to talk about this. And then I was going to tell you I look at a lot of dogs on Instagram and that makes me a millennial. But this like is it. more interesting. So I had to make this decision about, like, what I wanted to do with my Instagram because I had a personal Instagram and a professional Instagram. But then I realized – I never went on my professional Instagram and I was like missing people trying to reach out and I just wasn't like producing any content. So I've just moved it all to my personal Instagram, which is at SLK622, which is very exciting, but I am looking for a new Instagram handle and I want it to be very fun. So I will take submissions from listeners. Um, Mm. Kelsey, you know, former Gen Z queen or Gen Z queen, former guest of the pod, says that I should just make it Shay Keats, just like all the celebrities, because that's how people know you're legit. Um, That's actually not a bad suggestion. Is it taken, though? I don't know. Kelsey said it's not. She checked. See, I ran into that problem because my brother's Instagram handle is You're Galicious, and so I had to change mine to the real You're Galicious because You're Galicious was already taken by my brother. Well, your brother is a turd, clearly. <laughs> Hi. He's been having a rough week. Oh, no, you're not a turd. You're wonderful, Jackson. We love you. He's been having a lot uh, of lady troubles. Can you can you please uh, Jackson, if you're listening, can you please write us an email and explain to us your lady troubles, and then we'll give you advice about it. You will. Please I'll tell him text to do it. him that. Okay, yeah. excellent. Um, um. Anyway, so I I just well I wouldn't mind being the real Shay Keats. That sounds also very legit. Yeah. If it, also if the Instagram handle at Shay hasn't been taken, you should totally take that. I'm sure at Shay has been taken. You'd be I surprised. Can't. All right, I'm going to check it out. Yeah. 
That would be well, because what I wanted to do was at like my little play on my name, which is at Shay Shay, like the house oh, of yes. Shay. But that was taken by some trashy girl. Sorry, lady. Your Instagram looked trashy, even though it was private. I could only see your profile picture. So, yes, I'm being rude. But I was like, you only have like 102 followers and you've only posted four times. And you are taking this away from my business. Rude. It's very rude. Super yeah. rude. So I kind of wanted to DM her and be like, can you change your handle so I can have this for my professional Instagram? Offer her money for it. Yeah, I was going to say. Totally 20 bucks or something. Yeah, yeah if she someone was like, I'll give you 50 bucks for the real You're Delicious, I would be like, yeah, sure, take it. <laughs> <laughs> totally Maybe I'll do it. that. That's Maybe pretty I'll funny. That. Well, that's good. See, you didn't even think you had a millennial moment, and then you had like five. Yeah, I know. Totally. So, Maddie, again, this is why you need to actually quit your new job and come be my professional life assistant as soon as I'm making more monies. Yeah, I was going to say, if you're hiring. I will be soon, hopefully. TBD. Um, Well, my millennial moment is related to the WeWork. I feel like all of my millennial moments are related to the WeWork. Um, But they, I don't know if it was like this, Shay, at the one that you went to. But uh-huh. they have like a set playlist that they play in the lobby. And oh, it's like it's like the same 20 songs. <laughs> and it's on a loop. And it's been on a loop for two weeks. I hadn't noticed that. And it's like good songs. Yeah. But I'm like, oh my god. And finally today I like mentioned it to one of my coworkers. I was like, because the layout, like we are in like our own little office thing but the door is open and it's like an open staircase down to the lobby and so you can hear everything and i was like it's the same fucking 20 songs on rotation for eight hours a day for two weeks i'm literally gonna murder someone and she was like yeah they have just like a spotify playlist or something and i was like well can we offer to like dj for them or something because they need to like switch it up because it's literally driving me insane you should send a letter to your community manager because they are um receptive to that kind of stuff yeah so anyways that was annoying me um so yeah that's my millennial moment um david do you have a millennial moment from your life yeah uh i got a lot that were a while back but i guess the most relevant one that kind of ties into me fixing slash breaking things was as as typical millennials do, we find shortcuts and everything so that we can afford our avocado toast or whatever else we spend our money on. Mm-hmm. So I'm replacing all the power outlets in the house, and I didn't close one of the breakers that I supposedly needed to, even though I didn't realize it was tied into it. And so when I was replacing one of them, one of the garbage disposals, uh, that circuit, I didn't close it off, so it zapped me really good. <gasps> oh, no. Are you okay? Yep. No, I'm I'm good. I think Shay's heard me swear more in that like five minute period yeah. than maybe and of course, since she's met me. Kelsey was over, so <laughs> we are like on the couch watching Queer Eye, and then just oh coming from the kitchen, just like fuck, fuck. It's <laughs> like I, oh, especially because Kelsey, her favorite thing is to be like, "Why can't I swear? You swear all the time," and I'm like, "I really don't." And she goes, "I heard David say fuck one time when we were playing a game, and he read it off a card." So. <laughs> Now she's my response to that when kids say that I'm like, do you pay taxes? No. (laughs) Do you pay taxes? You know, (laughs) I like it. Also, I watched. Have you you've seen the first season of Queer Eye? Yes. You were watching the episode with Mm -hmm. Tom, the guy with the beard. Yes. 
classic episode. I watched it yeah. with Corey the other day, and we were both like sobbing at the end. It's pretty it good. Was Wait till you watch season two, episode so one. I don't think we can handle it. We were like, we can't emotionally watch another one. We were like so, wrecked. Yeah, it's, it's so hard. good. And Corey was like so down on it. He was like, this is going to be like a stupid like HGTV show. And I was like, no, you don't even know. You're going to be mm-hmm. so caught up. And he was like, this is stupid. And he was like half paying attention. But by the end, he was so into it that he cried. Bringing families together. That's great. Um, well, that's an excellent millennial moment. Yeah. I'm sorry, you <laughs> injured well, yourself. Okay, let me just interject here. Because he's all like, I can do this. This is fine. I'm really good at this. And I believe him because he's an engineer. But then he gets electrocuted. And I'm like, I don't know how comfortable I actually am with him doing the rest of the house. Because I don't want him to die. Well, yeah, I mean, my... Might- my dad is also a mechanical engineer, and he would injure himself all the time doing stuff around our house growing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's just, you know, you do enough of that kind of stuff, especially with electricity, you're bound to get electrocuted. And this is actually the first time I've ever been electrocuted. Oh, really? Which is, yeah. Oh, no. So I had a good a good thing going and messed it up last night. That's crazy. Wow. Now you can only do that when I'm home because I don't want you to get electrocuted <laughs> and die and no one be here except Duke to call 911 and that would not function. So. Uh, that's fine. Um, Shay, you said you didn't have a hot topic. So shall we skip you? Or do you I have just one? Wanted to talk, I just wanted to talk about how much I love dog Instagram accounts. And I wanted to talk about my favorite one, which is called We Rate Dogs. Oh, that's such a good one. Yeah, the Twitter for that one is good too. Oh, I don't. I've I've not looked at their Twitter, but it just shows adorable puppies and doing cute things. And then he has this ridiculous rating system for them. And then if they're like an old dog or like you know a police dog, they get like fourteen out of ten. Would give many pets. (laughs) And then if they're just like adorable, then they're like twelve out of ten. It's always more than ten, though. There's never. Yeah, it's always more than (laughs) ten. It's always more than ten. And there's like a little coffee table book. uh, that like has a bunch of them and I want to buy it and I probably will. So, That's great. um, so anyone, everyone, I would recommend that you do that. And then if you want to follow other dog Instagram accounts, just go look at who I follow. Cause that's pretty <laughs> much it. That's so. great. Um, my campfire topic is courtesy of my mother. She emailed it to me and it's an article. I'm Fran. Hello. Um, the premise is not so much what I wanted to talk about. It was more so the email that my mom sent with it, which I just, it's so stupid, but I thought it was so funny. So the article is about how millennials are the fattest generation ever in the history of the world. Great. Which I I believe just because people are like getting fatter in general. So like it stands to reason, you know, as people, you know, we're becoming adults or whatever. Mm -hmm. They're, we're going to be the fattest generation. But my mom was like so outraged and she wrote like below the link. She was like, I do not believe this for a second. Baby boomers are definitely the tubbiest generation. And the fact that she said tubbiest was just so funny to me. I love it. I love it. And I was like, I mean, yes. I don't know how scientific the study was that they did. Yeah. I think they, I can't remember if they did, like, percentage or if it was, like, sheer number of people. I think it was sheer number of people, which is not super scientific. Yeah. But I just thought that was super funny. I think that's really interesting. I would like to know more about the study because I think it's, like, are people just weighing more? Is that because people are, like, taller? Um, No, I think they're just fat and playing video games. 
Oh. Well, that's that's, that's a that. good point, too, because if you go by BMI, well, exactly. when I was really right. in good shape in college, I was, like, borderline obese, but oh, I didn't yeah. have any body fat. It was just because I'm tall and muscular. So it's, yeah, it depends on what they're going off of, too. Corey BMI's. talked about that in the Marine Corps. They have, like, a waist measurement, and if your waist is over the measurement, mm-hmm. they send you to, like, fat camp, basically. And there were a lot of guys who were, like... <laughs> super buff like jacked guys and they were just like so muscular that they like their waist measurement was above the limit and they Um, had to go to fat camp i think they've done away with that since then but that seems very just like who is in charge of these stupid are my taxes paying for marine fat Oh, you'd be surprised yeah but yeah i thought that was interesting yeah um david do you have any fun either Stuff from the news? Anything you want to just discuss? Does he have notes? Shays, I, I don't have notes. I have my one article that oh. I was that I wanted to talk about. Yes, I uh, love it. That I thought was kind of interesting and different. Um, the article I read on Wired, it's not where it originally showed up, but uh, it says, it's called The Powerful Group Stonewalling a Greener Way to Die. Um, and essentially, is this about, oh, I'm not going to spoil it. Go on. I think I read this article though. It's so basically it's, it's talking about kind of body disposal. Um, and so recently cremation kind of started to overtake people actually being embalmed and buried, um, just because of mostly financial reasons. But this particular method, basically, you know, you get thrown on a hot bath of water that's pressurized. So it doesn't boil. It melts all your skin off. Uh, and then they dispose of that. Have you seen the episode of Breaking Bad where they liquefy a body in a bathtub? It's like that, but more humane. Yes. So it's it's a really green way to do it, but it's actually only legal to do in 15 states. Uh, and the reason that it's like that is because casket makers and the Catholic Church are essentially trying to keep it from being allowed in yeah. other states. Boo, so it's, his. Yeah, it's kind of goofy and I think it talks to a lot of the the political issues that we have nowadays is that you've always got these large groups of money with, with special interests that you know basically drive the way that we live our lives um, in kind of weird ways and this is another one of those examples where you know if people want to do a greener way of cremating themselves it should be perfectly acceptable. Yeah, I think it also has a lot to do with that we, especially in American culture, are not comfortable talking about death or the process of dying or really the process of aging. Um, so we, there's no one really working to advocate for that when, again, cremation and embalming and et cetera, et cetera, are so bad for the earth, but no one's willing to talk about that because we're so so wildly uncomfortable with talking about death. Um, there's a book I've been wanting to read that now I can't remember anything about it, like the name of the book or the author, but <laughs> I remember the cover because it's very beautiful. Um, but it's this woman and she's um, like, she's a millennial and she's a mortician. And she wrote this book about like the good death basically, basically and how, you know, what happens and what, how she thinks the kind of mortuary industry should be. Um, and I would like to read it. So that's my useless comment for this article. But yeah. I no, I thought I had very similar feelings to you, David. I think I read, I don't know if it was on Wired, but it was like a similar story about the um, like water cremation, I guess you could call it. And 
it is definitely like the greenest, but there's no somehow people are like okay with like cremation fumes going into the air, but they're not okay with stuff just going into like the sewer because that was a lot of they had like testimony in the article. And a lot of it was religious based where they were like, you know, they were conjuring up images of like, well, you wouldn't just like flush your grandmother down the drain, which isn't really what's happening. But, you know, people kind of make it seem like it's this horrible, you know, disrespectful thing. But what I think is really crazy is like, I don't think that this method should be like the default. Like if you don't have a will or something, I'm not sure that this should be like the default method. But they talked a lot in the article about people who like actively want this who are being stonewalled and that to me is just wrong and there's a lot of families who are fighting for their loved ones who really wanted this done and they have to go to different states and it just becomes this huge hassle when really it's like a very simple easy to do process um but it does use a lot of water which they talked about too so depending on what side of the environmental debate you're on you know it uses like a thousand gallons of water or something so Mm -hmm. for desert areas it might not be the best idea um But I definitely thought it was super interesting. I'm, like, obsessed with, like, mortuary shows and, like, different ways of disposing of bodies and funerals and stuff. It's a little macabre, but... Well, you should read this book. I will find out the name for you. Um, But also, like, I remember a friend of mine, when his um, aunt died, he wanted to, like, or the family... Hold on, let me back up. When my aunt died, he wanted she wanted to be buried at this place in upstate New York, where basically they don't do anything to you. They like wrap you in a biodegradable sheet oh, and yeah. around, um, and it's very expensive um, and it, it's very limited on space, et cetera, et cetera. But it was like not easy to like make sure that that happened, which I thought was very interesting. Yeah, I think it goes back to when we were talking however many months ago this was when we were talking about diamonds, like harkening back to the millennial angle, millennials, I think are definitely more environmentally conscious, especially with these big, because buying like a plot of land to bury someone is very expensive. I think you mentioned that David from the article of like, it's super expensive and it's quite frankly, in my opinion, a waste of money. Um, You know, so whether you're on a budget or you're just conscious of space and conscious of the environment, I think millennials are thinking about, these big purchases that maybe other generations just made just because that's like what you did. Like you bought a diamond, not thinking about where it came from or what the consequences of that are. You, you know, buried your loved ones in a huge plot that takes up space that like people may or may not go to ever again. And you're pumping people full of all these unnatural chemicals that end up going into the water stream too. Like embalming chemicals are super gross and it goes somewhere too. So I think it's very interesting. Everyone who's like, oh, well, I'm cremated and that's better and it doesn't take up space and then I can scatter the ashes. Most places it's illegal to scatter cremains. I know, but you like, just you do it anyways. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that's not good for the earth. It's no, not it's good not. It's for the, not. you know, environment and like they're gross. So you still end up buying the plot or the mausoleum or keeping grandma on the shelf for like 40 years. Um, yeah, that's true. My grandpa was cremated, but we still like buried the cremains. Or whatever. Yeah. So it's a smaller plot, but it's still expensive. And yeah. cremains are gross. They're like bones, unless you get them pulverized, which like it's a yeah, whole other exactly. layer. That's very, very, you know, traumatizing. If like small child is helping to scatter the remains at yeah. a reward <laughs> service, there's like grandpa's finger bone in there. I love it. So. Give me more. <laughs> and Maddie's a creep. <laughs> I am. I'm just like so interested. 
No, it is really interesting. I think you would really like this book. I think she's actually written too. So we will actually look up the name of that later. I love it. Um, well, that's great. Um, shall we dive into the interview portion? Yes, let's do it. What shall we grill David on first? I don't know. I wish I'd now gone back and listened to the episode with Corey again because. Contrasting questions. Yeah, that would have been good. Um, Well, I think. How is it like becoming a father in your 20s? I feel like that's very millennial. Dives right in. Yeah, so it's. uh, I don't know that it's any different than becoming a father later in life. Um, I think it's probably more drastic of a a wake up call um, because when. I had kids, you know, I was in my early 20s and I still kind of had that like invincible college dude kind of mentality. You know, I drove my car mild, mild, mildly, blah, recklessly, uh, you know, and that kind of thing. You know, luckily I didn't have a bunch of speeding tickets because of it. But after I had kids, it kind of just changes your perspective. Um, it makes you think about things a lot differently from a safety perspective and everything else. So it's, it, it definitely transforms your way of thinking about just kind of the world in general. Do you have any examples, if you can like think way back, when you were like, wow, my life is not the same? <laughs> you know, like, I feel like we've talked to a couple parents on the show, and I feel like there's always a moment or like an anecdote of, you know, you tried to do something and it had to be done differently or something that like one of your kids did that you were like, oh, yeah, this is permanent. This is real. Not not going back. I'm always I don't know if there's that. Yeah, I don't know if there's necessarily a defining moment. Um, you know, my my kids are um not super young, but they're not super old either. So it's it's hard for me to look back that old that long ago and, and think about a defining moment for that. Um when my daughter was one, we got into a car accident. I do remember um kind of the first thing on my mind was you know, making sure that she was okay. And she was obviously like really startled and scared. And, um, you know, that's, that's kind of another one of those moments in life where you realize that, um, you know, you've got this little person that basically is a hundred percent dependent on you in so many different ways. And, you know, it's, it's the last thing you want to do is let them down. Yeah, that's true. Shay, do you think David's less of a bing bong because he has kids or do you think it makes him more of a bing bong? Um, <laughs> or is I, David a bing bong? <laughs> David is not a bing bong. I've seen very limited bing bong behavior. That's from good. David. That's good. Yeah. Um, but I do think it definitely, I mean, it's hard to tell. I, I mean, I think we'll get into some other defining aspects of David's life that maybe also have contributed to him being a more mature individual. But I definitely think that like, Right before I met David, you know, and you're like getting on to the stupid online apps and you're like putting in your age range. And before this go, I always had my age range was like it was like a 10 year span, but I'd like plot myself in the middle of it. So like if I was 30, my age range would be like 25 to 35. And I think I would had it like 20 and then I like opened it up and it was like 26 to 39 or something but then like right before I started dating David I put that age range in I was like don't even show me someone if they're like under 30 (laughs) and in my head 
I was Shay is an ageist, everyone. No, I'm just total kidding. ageist. Sorry. Um, but like I dated a couple guys who had been not significantly younger than me, but they're bing bongs. Five years. And they were like such bing bongs. And I mean, I'm trying to think if I even thought anything specifically, but I know You also look very young. Like I remember when Corey met you, he was like, Oh, she's like twenty four, right? I was like, No. Bless Corey. <laughs> I was um, like, no. Well, uh David's daughter likes to tell me I'm forty three, so that's <laughs> so me. I know. Um, it's something's funny because she'll be like, you know, how, like kids do, and they guess, and they're like, "You're fifty, you're eighteen, da, 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 But she always kind of like hits like forty three. But anyway, so like, I feel like before we went out, I was kind of like, yeah. I mean, there were I was like in a bad mood in general about dating, so I was. Oh, like, I know, well, I was there. Yeah, you were there. Sorry. Um, so I definitely was like, well, this guy's 31, so like this is, and I'm 33, so this is like one of the many reasons this is not going to happen. <laughs> but because um, I was like, there's no way he's going to be mature enough. So, did but. you have similar feelings, David? I know Shay, you hadn't been on the apps for very long. Were you on the apps for very long, David? So- and did you also have an age range situation conundrum? I don't. I don't remember my age range situation conundrum. Eighteen uh, to fifty. I, let's go. No, <laughs> no. eighteen was definitely too. God, young. I hope I don't, it wasn't like eighteen to thirty-three, no. and I just like, <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I got basically bullied into going on there by friends who basically told me I needed to, you know, try it out, um, and. For a while, it was very much kind of what I figured it would be. Lots of people who were just immediately red flags and things that I just was not going to put up with. Can you give an example so, of that? Oh, so, you know, not with a, Shay, but with uh, others. No, there was, <laughs> he told me, like, what I forget what you said, but you were like, I'm very surprised <laughs> you don't have any red flags. And I was like, thank you. Anyway, that just means on. you don't know her very well. <laughs> hey, rude. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No. They're like, uh, clinginess was one of the most common ones where it's like, whoa, 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 like calm down here. You know, I just kind of do like, if this is like how high maintenance you're going to be immediately, I'm just not interested in it because I've got so much other stuff going on. This is making a lot of sense of why you like me. (laughs) (laughs) Shay, don't give a fuck. (laughs) Um, yeah, so that, I think that was probably one of the, one of the common ones. Where, you know, and I think especially with the age range too, when you, um, you know, I hate to say this because I'll probably get labeled as a sexist or like anti-feminist or something, nah, but biological clocks ticking, you know, a lot of women kind of- You got a lot of a desperation factor. Yeah. And so they want to kind of push something that maybe not, maybe not necessarily be there or kind of overlook things. And you can kind of tell like, you know, this isn't the particular activity or thing you want to be doing and- I'm just, I'm not going to let you kind of make this into something it's not. So did you find yourself breaking away more of the times or was it kind of like even? Uh, I probably broke away almost every single time, (laughs) to be honest. That means that you're a hot commodity. That means everyone likes you. But I was, you know, I was honest up front about it. Yeah. uh, You don't strike me as like a ghoster. The worst. The worst. Well, that's good. Um, so how did you end up in Portland from California? So, yeah, I I was 
born and raised in California, went to college there. And then uh, after school, I decided it would be a great idea to get married and move to Texas and save up <laughs> enough money to uh, be able to eventually afford to move back to preferably California. Why um, Texas? Just for fun? For for money reasons. Um, and so I graduated college in 2008. And so, uh, you know, everyone that's a millennial kind of knows that year because of the economy and the way things were. So uh, the economy kind of went sour quicker in California. And so I, I found a good job uh, in Texas and worked there for a long time. And every time I got a job offer to come back to the West Coast, um, I wound up getting offered more money to stay. So it was kind of this like back and forth. And eventually I was laid off and it was like, okay, this is the point now where I'm going to make the most of the situation and I'm moving back to the West coast. Like no, no ifs, ands or buts about it. Um, and Portland wound up just being kind of more affordable, um, and had a lot of the things that, you know, I really liked about California, but I could actually afford to eat. That's an important thing. Lots of tacos I've heard. Mm-hmm. We haven't had tacos out in a while, though. I know. Hint, hint. Yes, we, we can definitely <laughs> That is out. one thing, children. Make sure you plan dates outside of the house when you live together. Oh, thank you, Maddie. I did ask Maddie <laughs> That for was advice. for the listeners more than yeah, you guys. Yeah. Well, that's very exciting. So did, did you not... How was it, like, living in the South? Because I feel like it's a completely different, like, world. Yeah, it, it really is. And so for someone like me, I grew up uh, mostly in the Bay Area. And so, you know, you've got this like really kind of diverse uh, environment there as far as people go and everything else. Um, I think monetarily, there's not much diversity. You know, in a lot of California, it's either you're poor or you're rich. There's not a whole lot of in between. Um, And so when I moved, you know, I made good money anywhere else, but I was living paycheck to paycheck in this little tiny apartment. So it didn't make sense. Um, And when I moved, to Texas, it was, you know, the people are nice, but after you've been there for a while, you learn that, uh, you know, a lot of those people that are nice on surface are not so nice in reality. And it's kind of just like... All the ones like, that are like, bless your heart. And they're really Yeah, like... it's, it's the whole Southern <laughs> hospitality thing. And so, you know, people are people. And, and so they may be nice on the surface, but aren't, aren't necessarily good people um, outside of that. And so that was that was a little bit difficult, just getting used to the people. Um, the weather sucked; it absolutely sucked. I fixed my truck five times from hail. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, I replaced the roof on my house twice from hail. That's crazy. Uh, I wouldn't even think that that would be a problem in Texas. That's not even something yeah. that I would even think of. Like Tornado Alley, though, right? Yeah, we're like right on the edge of it, so we still get a lot of the cold and warm weather during the spring and fall, and when those. Um, kind of hit each other you basically get that like hailstorm kind of weather it's crazy um but there's there wasn't a lot to do there was shopping and eating (laughs) out at the same like chain restaurants and Mm. that was about it you know there wasn't beautiful places to go hiking like there is here in portland you know within within distance there it's like if you want to get out of texas you're driving for half of a day that's crazy well, I'm going to Dallas over Christmas with Corey, so I'll let you know how it is. Oh, man. After that rave review. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I, so it's probably much like 
all big cities, I think that it's a good place to visit because, you know, there's there's different kind of touristy things yeah. to check out and do. And there's great places to eat and that kind of thing. So, um, you know, I would say the Dallas-Fort Worth area is probably a great place to visit, especially if you've got family or whatever you're visiting there. Yeah. Uh, so, it, you know, as far as that goes, it's great. I just I wouldn't move there again ever. Yeah, especially Portland is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine Shay in the South. I mean, no, <laughs> is the answer. That is At least not like the Texas South no. No. kind of thing. Yeah, and yeah. that is a different South than the rest of the South. Mm-hmm. It is, because I know you have family in Arkansas, Shay. Yes, um, and that's what I'm saying. I mean, I can definitely do a real great Southern accent. I've been practicing for a long time. Bless your heart. Uh, but uh, I, I, I can't. It's the whole, like, just what David was saying. It's like there's not a lot of places that feel really authentic, which is really yeah. sad as the South does have a really incredibly rich culture. My dad talks a lot about going to school, you know, in Louisiana in the sixties, which we've all heard these stories and someday we'll treat our listeners to them as well. Um, but I feel like in a lot of the South, that kind of really vibrant culture is being eaten away by these like malls and developments and yeah, sad. it is really sad as like older millennials. How do you guys feel about younger millennials? I'll ask Shay too. Cause I feel like in she likes animal? to sugarcoat it. Yeah, like, what do you guys feel is, like, the divide, like, or do you not think there is one between, like, or do you guys not have much, like, interaction with, like, younger millennials? Maybe you don't. I don't know. Like, in Portland? Like, what is your question? I was like, this, this is Just what like, I talk about you... every podcast. No, I know. Well, I was offering the question to both of you, but it was, oh. like, mostly to David. I'm just, like, interested... <laughs> I'm just um... interested in hearing if you have any opinions at all about younger millennials or if you feel like their experience might be similar to you either like where you grew up or where you live now. Yeah. I think that the majority of my interactions with younger millennials has usually been in like a mentor kind of fashion for younger engineers that come into a position because I do a lot of that. I do a lot of work checking and and mentoring and kind of teaching people up as far as that goes. And I, I do that in the position that I'm in now. And I was doing that in the position that I was in in Texas. So I, I think my kind of group of people is really limited because I'm dealing with mechanical engineers. So these are people that went to school for a very focused thing. And so the personality types are really similar. Um, so in that regard, you know, there's, there's basically no differences. So I, it's, it's, I don't, I don't like to generalize anyways. Um, I don't think that there's really kind of a huge difference. It's just, you know, they had slightly more technology than I did growing up, but I, I don't think by much. You might also be more savvy with the technology, just from what I know about you. Yeah, I, I uh, helped kind of maintenance all my uh, high school's computers when I was a senior. So I, I was a computer nerd for a while. I, I thought about going into that degree, but there was slightly less money in that than mechanical engineering. So. Um, so I think David's high school experience was really interesting. And I think that was something I may think there are two things that are interesting that you could share about that with our listeners that are yeah. millennial. I mean, the first, I, I think just that it was a very different environment and be cool for you to talk to that. But then also, 
you've taken away this like group of friends that you're still really close with. And I think that that's somewhat unusual, especially for a super like urban area and also um, for a group of dudes. So interested to hear about that. Yeah. So I went to a charter school from seventh grade to 12th grade. And essentially the way it was laid out was kind of like a college schedule where you wouldn't necessarily have a class every period. Um, so most days you were, you know, you had one or three or four, how many ever, um, free periods where it was kind of up to you to get your work done. Um, and so the main room was basically just filled with computers. Um, and so it was kind of on you to either get your work done or, you know, some people goofed off and usually those people that goofed off didn't stick around long because they were failing their classes because of it. Um, and so it was, it was kind of, it was very, it was very interesting in that fact. And then everything was basically kind of student run. So we had student government and a student judicial system, which basically had, uh, committees of students that basically decided on pretty much everything. Um, and so it was, we had facilitators instead of teachers, we called them by their first names. Um, it was just, it was a very different experience and it was very focused on kind of, um, utilizing technology, you know, at that time it was still kind of unusual for a, a school to have that many computers. Um, and we had our own green room too, where, you know, we could do, uh, like video filming and that kind of stuff as well. It sounds very similar to the middle school I went to. I went to like a charter school that was like technology. I guess, I don't know what the exact definition of charter is. Like, was your school, was it public or was it like you had to pay for it? So it was it was public. I didn't have to pay for it. Um, and they worked off a lottery system. And okay. basically what a charter school is, is for every student, they get X number of dollars from the state to run it. Um, and then they have different requirements than an exact and it's a normal kind of uh, public school. And then any additional funding, they'll go to outside sources. So ours in particular was originally funded quite largely by Arthur Anderson. Uh, who some people, yeah, who some people will remember as, you know, the whole Enron scandal thing. Um, shortly after their naming rights ended, we changed our name so that we were no longer associated with it. But uh, so, yeah, so, you know, there's outside sources of, of income for something like that. And then kind of your normal per student type funding. Yeah, that's very interesting. How did you feel like like calling teachers by their first name and sort of those more untraditional things. Like, did you have a positive experience going to that school? Like looking back on it, would you send your kids to like a similar thing or do you think there were things that you would take away from it? Yeah, I think that I would. Um, just because my experience was so positive with it. I mean, we had very small graduating class. So it was like 20 so people. And you know what Shay was talking about, uh, as far as, you know, the friendships that I, I've gotten from there. Um, a lot, a lot of the guys that uh, I was really close with then, um, you know, I'm still very close with now. And so it's, it, it's, it's built kind of lifelong friendships. Um, and, and for me, I think it was a school that worked for me socially. I was kind of a, a nerd. Um, and I was also very socially reserved. And so uh, having people that kind of, I think we're on the same 
wavelength as me really helped me to to get those kind of strong relationships with people because I was able to kind of open up more than I might have otherwise. Yeah, that sounds it's very interesting to hear you talk about it because I feel like charter schools have a certain connotation like everyone kind of thinks about maybe the waiting for Superman documentary or like for me being from Detroit and even a lot of the charter schools in the New York, New Jersey area. It's like it seems like it's different from what you're describing. It's like very almost like a military academy, like all the kids have to wear like a very specific uniform. It's like super structured and not necessarily some of them are like anti-technology like one of my co-workers at my old job his girlfriend teaches at a charter school in new jersey and she was saying that they which i'm like i don't understand how you can do this in like 2018 but they i guess the feeling on it is that they want the kids to be able to learn things without the distraction of technology so it, they don't have technology at all and they just learn everything like on pencil and paper and it's very like you sit in your seat when you have to be there and they're like huge class sizes and that's kind of when I hear charter school, like what I've thought about. So I don't know if you have any feelings on that, like that there are different types of charter schools that aren't that like strict sort of thing. Yeah. And I think that's, that's definitely true. You know, when people hear the word charter school, they immediately much like millennials have something <laughs> that kind of pops in their head to say, you know, this is what I think that is. Um, and it really comes down to how the school's, run, you know, who's running it, you know, how they're spending the money and what their their end goal is. And so I was lucky to be at a school where uh, everyone involved was really out for the good reason to get kids, you know, an amazing education and, and let them be able to make the most out of it. That's really awesome. I'm glad you had that experience. How do you keep in touch? Like, I'm always interested in this. We talk a lot about like adult friendships on this podcast. And I feel like we just mostly, I think, because most of our guests are female, but I think we talk a lot about, like, female friendships. Um, but I'm assuming a lot of your friends don't live in Portland from that experience. Kind of how do you make that commitment to maintaining that friendship? Yeah, and so it, it gets hard at times, but, uh, you know, usually it's it's texting. The occasional call will be like a long phone call, and then... You know, whenever there's a good excuse for someone to come up here or me to go down there and see them, you know, it's always a priority. Um, and it's, you know, it's always it's always like, you know, no time has passed when I see them, which is something that I think is really special and great. Yeah, sounds very similar. I like it. What other grill worthy questions should we ask, David? Mm -hmm. I have so many. Or what grill worthy <laughs> questions do you want to ask us, David? It can oh, go both yeah. ways. This isn't like a one-way thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm such a regular listener. that <laughs> You feel like you know I, us already? Yeah, I felt mm. I felt weird when you came and visited because I'm sure that most of my conversations were... Were you starstruck? Were, <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> Damn. But I, it did seem strange talking to you about stuff that you had talked to, you know, on a big platform, not specifically to me. So it was, that was that was a little strange, but... I you feel like do. you know very intimate things about my life that maybe you shouldn't know as a casual <laughs> person in my life. And do I overshare? That's a that's a piece of feedback. Yeah. No, I mean, I think it's really interesting because I even remember when we first started dating and you were so supportive. Oh my God, that was so funny. Yeah. Well, it was, it was a little bit of like a mind fuck for me because I knew you were listening to the podcast, which I was like so touched by and I was like this is so sweet like my best friends are told me I'm not listening to your stupid podcast and then this guy is like listening to all like 
at that point, like 25 hours or whatever that we had. But then I would get confused as to which (laughs) things we actually talked about and which things he just knew because he'd heard we talk about it on the podcast. Now you know how Beyonce must feel. Yeah, apparently. (laughs) But I just, but it would sometimes be like, I don't know, but weird. So I, David has also left us one of the best reviews of all time on iTunes. So that should be reason enough for everyone to leave us a review on iTunes. Yeah, everyone, please. We don't ask for this very often, but go on iTunes, leave us a review. Maybe we'll give you some swag. You don't Uh, know. Mystery. I remember because that was after you guys had only gone on like three dates and Shay doesn't look at the technology all the time, but I stuck it (laughs) obsessively and I was like, we got this like very weird review. (laughs) And Shay was like, it's very strange. Yeah, I was like, and after having met you, I was like, this doesn't seem like his personality. (laughs) It was very funny. I'll let our listeners find it. They can, I, yeah, I, I think there, there is a different kind of, uh, uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for, but when it comes to reviews, you have to do it a, a certain way. You have to kind of get in that review persona. Mm. Have you, have you like read some of the, like the best Amazon reviews? Well, yes, those are awesome. Yeah. No, I haven't, but I feel like I would love that. Uh, yeah, you totally no, should. They've like, got those lists all over the internet where they have like people reviewing weird things like ice cube trays or whatever, <laughs> yeah. and they just go off on some crazy tangent. I feel like that's very up your alley, Shay, with like the gift guides. Oh my god, I love gift gift guides guides so well. So much. They're my favorite thing. Well, that's all. I'm already counting down to holiday catalog season again. (laughs) A mere six months away. Six months, five months away. They start coming in November, the good ones. So. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Do you have, I, I mean, it's kind of, I didn't realize it'd be so kind of weird interviewing your partner person. It's not weird. I love it. <laughs> well, then let's, do you have more questions or should we rapid fire him? I mean, archery range. We need to stick to our own branding. We're very poor at it. I mean, can I embarrass you guys? David, sure. what do you love about Shay? What do I love about Shay? There's do a you lot love Shay? I don't even know if you guys Shay's say that to each other. I assume you do. Arms now. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Shay is blushing and David looks cool as a cucumber. <laughs> I can't help it. Uh, she's just, you know, a really honest, smart, intelligent uh, woman. And, you know, I like I mentioned earlier about the red flags. For a long time, I was like, okay, you know, when's this red flag going to come up? When am I going to find out the crazy? And eventually, I just realized that there's just not there's no crazy in there with Shay. And, uh, you know, we I think we are an awesome team. I agree. I think we have really good communication. um, And that's that's super important to me. So I like that. 10 out of 10. Oh, they're kissing. Oh, gross. No one saw that but me. Mom, Dad, stop. (laughs) That was just for you, Maddie. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, that's very nice. Those are all the same things I love about Shay. I know. It's pretty great. These are the things I can put in my... I really don't deserve all these kind words. Oh, my God. Police. You're like the most well-adjusted person. Seriously. I mean, we talk about that on the pod all the time, how we're like impervious to bullying and we put up with like zero bullshit. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like sometimes I'm like, maybe I should be a little more crazy. Like maybe I'm not crazy to a fault. You know? 
On that note, Boucher is extremely modest. I think if I had two advanced degrees, I'd basically (laughs) walk around with them and remind everybody that I had them. Just in a cap and gown all the time. (laughs) (laughs) I should. I mean, that was my one of my biggest regrets of like not getting a doctorate is I don't get to wear the cool doctorate outfit because that I would totally wear all the time. You totally could go get one. Yeah. You're young. Yeah. Maybe I I will. Who knows? Life is long. So. um, All right. Well, shall we rapid fire? Yes, let's rapid fire. But I do want to say I feel very similarly about David. So. Oh, I didn't (laughs) even. thing to say Shay. about him we'll cut that out I will say for later because Shay. i don't like being put on the spot oh okay but i i think it's really save interesting. for later save for later <laughs> no but i mean i think you don't ex- i i really didn't expect to meet anybody and then to meet somebody that like i know it was like truly it wild was, it was truly crazy like the whole thing was crazy and i think as someone who watches the reality show that is your life i was like what a plot <laughs> twist <laughs> <laughs> it was such a plot. I mean, it was like, I think I started talking to you two days after I moved here and I met you like 10 days and, you know, you just expect everyone to be a jerk and then you meet someone who's kind and generous yeah. and smart. And, and you were so anti like dating app for a long time too. Oh yeah. I was, no, I mean, I said like, I, before David and I went out, I was like, I'm done with this. I'm like, I was like really not in like a bitter way, but really ready to like live this like fabulous single life. <laughs> I was going to get some caftans. So it's going to be really awesome. And then I was like, I'll get like I'll Stevie Nicks this. style, like to wear just like shapeless yeah. garments. Exactly. <laughs> like a just, burka. Like, not a burka. You can still see my face, which is clearly the moneymaker. But like, I mean, you could still do that. Like, don't, let David steal your dreams of wearing caftans. That's true. But like, you know, I was just going to be like this weird hippie lady that lived in Portland with her dog. And then I ruined it. This ruined it. <laughs> oh, so. You turned her into a normie. A normie. <laughs> now she lives in the suburbs, the I dogs, know. the children. <laughs> Ugh. We used to There's live no such life. a cosmopolitan <laughs> lifestyle. I know. I'm just I kidding. Know, but no, it's awesome. I'm just so teasing I'm you two lovebirds, and I look forward to be the flower girl at your wedding. Oh, thank you. You might have to fight some people, but. <laughs> That's okay. I'm probably taller than all of them, so I am not above beating up children. <laughs> but, anyways, rapid fire right. question time. Out of the archery range. Okay. David, you know Favorite. how this works, but for all of our new listeners, yeah. we will ask you a series of rapid fire questions, which I'm sure you've thought about. For 50 weeks now, thinking of yeah. your answers. Yeah, I'd, I actually, uh, it'll be interesting what you ask me, but I probably have most of them already in mind. Good, okay. so you'll actually do it rapidly. I know. Instead of hemming and hawing like most of our guests. Love you guys. <laughs> I, won't get, I won't give you a five-minute explanation for each of them either. Okay. <laughs> that's fine. Unless we ask. Sometimes we ask and then it derails it, but that's fine. That's okay. Uh, favorite childhood snack? Otter Pops. What I didn't even that? know these were a thing until we were at a winery yesterday and the wine man gave all the children otter pops. Yeah, I know. Do you that, know what they are? that reminded no. me of them. I They're, used to eat them um, so many. Sque- I don't know what you called them like in Michigan. Like a go-gurt? No, they're no. like an, I called them an icy, like an ice pop. Oh. They're like long. Yeah, like the tubes with ice like the ice. Pop. Yeah. It's yeah. frozen flavored sugar is what it but is. But apparently on oh. the West Coast, they're called otter pops. I mean, that's cool. That's better marketing, branding. Then frozen sugar, water, whatever. <laughs> you said, yeah. Great. Um, favorite book? East of Eden. Favorite movie? Fight Club. Oh, 
I met someone at a party the other weekend that hadn't seen Fight Club, and he was like, don't talk about it. I don't want it to be spoiled. And I'm like, bro, what? it's been out for like a bajillion <laughs> no. years. That's like saying, please don't spoil the sixth sense for me. Like, sorry, too late. It's yeah. spoiled. I was like, it's what are you dead. talking about? Anyways. I mean, Bruce Willis is dead. Whatever. Same death. Oh, spoiler so. alert. Sorry, guys. Spoiler alert. Sorry if you haven't watched The Sixth Sense, <laughs> get with the program. Anyway, back to our guest. It's your turn, Shay. No, oh, no, no, I... no. You asked favorite movie. Gosh. Yeah. Favorite TV show. Favorite TV show now or as a kid? Both. Oh, well, as a kid, it was definitely Ninja Turtles. Mm. I was a huge Ninja mm. Turtles fan. Uh, now, we what was... Uh, what was the one that we just watched with old Dexter? Oh, Safe. Safe. It's very Safe good. It's on good. Netflix. I highly recommend. With Michael C. Hall or whatever? Yeah. I, I don't know any actors or actresses' <laughs> names other than their character names yeah. and stories. Old Dexter, we called him. <laughs> because Michael C. Hall, well, in all the promo pictures, he has not aged well. But then when I you know. actually watch the show, he's like very normal and handsome. I've seen uh, Michael C. Hall in person and he could get it. He's very good looking. Yeah, uh, but it's like set in. So he has like a kind of a poor British accent, but besides that, it's yeah. like a British murder mystery, and mm. it's very good. It's on Netflix. That. Lots of twists. Mm-hmm. Um, although I did guess it at the end. Yeah, it's my favorite activity. Um, okay, uh, favorite food in general, like genre of food. Oh, Mexican. genre type of food. Tacos. <laughs> I could eat Mexican like multiple times a day for weeks on end. Yeah. And not get sick of it. That's Which is good. Today, actually. Yes. That's good that it doesn't like make your stomach hurt because that's what it would do to me. Mm. Um, favorite memory of Shay. Favorite oh. memory of Shay. Just something um, that when you're sitting at your desk, being a plankton or whatever it is that you do, that you just get a twinkle <laughs> in your eye and you're like, "Oh Shay, I wish I could go back to that. That was such a nice moment." Oh God, Madeline. So, so we went on a, a hike with Benson in the snow. I forget which uh, lake it was, mm -hmm. but I think that was the first like selfie picture that we took. Oh yeah. Oh, that's so very I, millennial uh, selfies. It was our first mm -hmm. selfie. And I, then I made him carry Benson up a giant hill. <laughs> <laughs> Benson is the most spoiled dog. What? Benson is the most spoiled dog. Yeah, clearly. Oh my God. She's, I was going to tell you guys. Totally wrapped. Sorry. What? I'm like totally derailing the archery thing, but I, this made me think of you. So you know mm -hmm. that like weed, but like not weed stuff that you were going to give to the dog. We did. It didn't work. I totally had some the other day and it totally worked on me. Someone had it. Oh really? The, the CBD. Like, the CBD stuff. Yeah. It totally yeah, that's worked. Very real. But yeah. I'm sorry it didn't work on your dog. No, I love it. It works no, on it humans. Work. Well, I don't know. It's hard to tell. I feel like dogs. I yeah. It's hard. So they can't. Plus, the girl was like, only give her half of one treat, and it's very hard to like break them in half. And then I gave the rest to Duke, and like I couldn't tell. Yeah. So, and well, he weighs is. like thousands of pounds. So it's very hard. favorite breed of dog. Oh yeah. My favorite breed of dog, English bulldogs for sure. <gasps> Mine too. They're so wrinkly and cute. No, I love the wrinkles. Mm. They're so squishy. Mm. Squishy. They're so. Um, I have a feeling I'm, this is going to be a hard battle for me to win if I don't want the next dog to be an English bulldog because you'll be like, well, Maddie wants me to get one. Oh, my so. God. If you get a baby one, I will come and squish it. And be the dog nanny and yeah. squish it. <laughs> They're very squishy. Um, okay. Favorite um, place you visited that is not your hometown of San Francisco? Or Texas. My, yeah, or Texas, or Texas. Um, Or Portland. 
so that's that's kind of hard. I my favorite place that I visited internationally was Sydney, Australia. Um, that was the cleanest big city I've ever been in. I I don't know if it was just the time that I was there, but I literally saw no trash on the ground anywhere I was walking the entire time I was there. Um, and so maybe that was an anomaly, but it was, uh, it was really cool. It was, it was a neat experience. Very cool. Well, that's all the questions I had. Is there anything last parting words that you guys? Um, I don't think so. David, is there anywhere you want to be found on the internet? Oh, your LinkedIn thing. This is a good place to plug that. Oh, my link. Yeah. Well, And I was actually thinking... He wants thinking, to win, like, some kind of LinkedIn prize I don't really understand, <laughs> but it's good. No, it's, it's like a personal goal of mine. I was thinking about that, too, because you guys always ask where you want to be found. And in general, I don't want to be found. <laughs> um, but if you if you want to find me and uh, you want to add me on LinkedIn, I will accept your request because I'm trying to increase my LinkedIn numbers. So uh, it's LinkedIn.com slash David D. Swenson. It's a good name. Like Ron Swanson. <laughs> it's a very Ron's- dignified name. I don't understand how the LinkedIn user like interface works. I don't either. Have we talked about this on the pod? I think maybe or just in life. I have two LinkedIn's. One of them I forgot the password for. And then one I like just made when I was like trying to look for a new job. And I was like, am I stupid? Because I literally couldn't figure it out. So the fact that you have a LinkedIn, you're a super genius. And so is everyone that's going to follow you because I can't figure it out and neither can Shay. They're they're somewhat helpful. I uh, when you set it up like, correctly to be able to be found in searches and stuff. Like I show up in anywhere from twenty to forty searches a week. Yeah, he says this because I feel like when I get that email from LinkedIn that's like six people looked at your profile today. I'm always like, oh great, six people looked this week. Maybe <laughs> I'll get some clients. And then David the other night's like. 36 people looked at me. I don't know what's going on. And I was like, what? <laughs> More than like, what? No, I know it's amazing. Like, I have a lot of people who found like their current jobs on LinkedIn and like. Yeah, I've, I have tons of recruiters always emailing me. I, I have at least maybe two a week. That's crazy. Yeah, it's a good tool. So everyone should definitely follow you. Yeah, I love it. Awesome. All right. Um, we got a special episode. For our first year of podcasting, listeners, don't miss it. Yay. Camp-themed. I love it. So, (laughs) all right. Bye, campers. Thank you for coming. Bye. Thanks for listening. Camp Adulthood is hosted by Maddie Yergi, Resident Youth, and Shay Keats, Camp Adulthood. We are produced by Jenny Mayfield. And this episode was recorded in Maddie's living room. You can find us on social media at camp underscore adulthood. You can email us hello at campadulthood.com and you can visit us at campadulthood.com. Please also find on our website, there are links to our Patreon page where you can be a subscriber and there are many cool prizes. Thanks campers. We hope that you enjoy your stay at camp.